0: Welcome back into the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Norlander. I'm here with our NBA draft expert for CBS Sports, Kyle Boone. We are going back to what we've done in recent years. We are going to give you uh, portion controlled, if you will, episodes on some of the biggest and best draft prospects leading up to the NBA draft. Guess what? We're like a a little more than a month and a half away, basically a month and a half away from the NBA draft going down. So we're going to give you these with regularity leading up to the draft. Most weeks we'll have one episode. We might squeeze in a pair depending on just how many of these we do. Uh, The NBA did release its combine list, almost 80 names deep that came out on Tuesday. Uh, One name not on that list because he is still playing overseas is who we are going to talk about right now. You already know who that is because one, you are watching on YouTube and if you are, Thank you so much. You see the title. We are going to talk about uh, French wonderkind, Victor Wembenyama. Um, but please do like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you could, if you haven't already. And then for everyone that's listening traditionally on their phones, we love you so much. And thank you uh, so much for that. So Victor Wembanyama is our first NBA draft profile. It has to be him because there has been more hype around this prospect than anyone since I think LeBron James, although you can make the argument that Zion Williamson had a ton of hype because Zion Williamson, we saw play at Duke for an entire season. And even before he got to Duke, he had a ton of hype when Banyama, while he's no secret and KB's going to break down his game in full. We still haven't seen him on our television sets in the United States of America uh, weekly playing against competition that we are familiar with. He had a breakout moment back in October of 22 when he played against Julie Ignite and Scoot Henderson. We're going to get into that. And then he's continued to play well while playing in France's top pro league. KB, thanks for joining. We're going to have, by the way, we'll have Boon on most of these prospect episodes. One will, one will always have at least me or GP. Some will be B and GP, but we will also obviously mix in KB a ton here um oh can we just start with something real quick off the top on this? I feel like I'm hearing everything from 7'3", seven two, seven three, seven four. There's some seven five out there. I mean, seven four is is the height of Zach Eady, And he's not <laughs> not gonna get his official memory measurements at the combine because he's still playing literally in France's pro league right now. How, do we have an a true no shoes on measurement on Wemby right now, KB?
1: Yeah, he's growing like a centimeter every week. It feels like every time we check in, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's actually taller than we thought. You you go to Google, and it says he's seven foot two. Uh, my handy dandy eye test says he's like maybe seven two and a half. Wimbenyama himself earlier this season said he is seven foot three, but that is a barefoot measurement because they only measure bare feet. In France, there as is a photo I,
0: as it should. Okay, two things here. I'm, I'm cutting you off already, KB. One, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a photo from International Play. Uh, this is a couple years back. Now, Edie might have grown since this photo as well. In this picture, Edie and Wembenyama look the same height. I'm giving Wembenyama looks taller, but that's, he's got that dazzling hair on top. So if Edie's even 7'3", Wemby's at least 7'3". Now, they're in shoes. But when we measure height, we're going no shoes. Okay, can we, can we establish this once and for all? How tall you are is how tall God made you. No shoes on. So seven two seven three. That's still, I mean, a guy with this talented at that height, Kyle Boone. It's outrageous, and it's a big, big, big reason why there's just so much borderline, unprecedented anticipation and hype around him and his career at the NBA level.
1: First of all, you're really just outing yourself as a as a natural tall person here by just slamming the fist for for bare feet measurement. Yeah, bare feet. I mean, as-
0: I'm not that. I mean, listen, I'm I'm six three. So I, I'm I'm every day. I guess I'm everyday tall, but I'm not pro sports tall.
1: Yeah, you're tall. You're, I'm trying to stand up for the short kinks here. I've always measured by uh, by shoes, uh, so I, I I think that's okay. only fair. Um, yeah, the, the photo here that we have on the on the stream is is absolutely hilarious. That's from summer 2021. Uh, Zach Eady is seven foot four. He is clearly taller than Zach Eady. Uh, this weekend in, in an ESPN featured story, actually Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN just casually dropping. Yeah, he's seven foot tall. That's 89 inches tall. That's like two Gary Parishes stacked on top of each other. I mean, he's like, he continues to grow like a centimeter a week. Seriously, it's it's yeah, unbelievable. By the draft, awesome. he's going to be like eight foot four or something. Um, It's insane. It's okay. Insane. He's a very tall person.
0: Um. Can we start? Let's, let's just hop to that. I'll get into I want you to lay out why he's, you know, his, his arc and, and put that in context. But but with rare exception, there's no such thing as a lock. LeBron was considered borderline. You know, Kobe wasn't. Jordan wasn't. Elijah in his time. Sure. Ewing, right? And in some ways, uh, those players, and varying on who we're looking at here, um, LeBron somehow managed to exceed the hype which is even more outrageous the further we get away from 2003 but wembys he's lanky like he's a big he's a freak he is fallible so before we get into why you know there's so much aura around him it through your own eyes and opinion KB but also in, in the people you've spoken with what are the biggest concerns with Victor Wembenyama?
1: I think it's the the size uh, it, the size is, is is probably the most exciting part about women, but I think it's also the part that maybe draws the most concern because he's seven foot four or seven foot five or seven foot ten, depending on where you look. Uh, maybe two thirty, somewhere around there, but you look at his body and he looks very, very skinny. It's almost like I know people remember watching Ted Holmgren at he's Gonzaga. Not Chet- he's not, Chet- not He's not Chet skinny, but Chet was, you know, seven foot one, um, around two hundred pounds, and they're both very, very twiggy-ish. Yeah. Now he he's not the same slender frame, but he is he's very much a guy who I think will it will take some adjustment for him to the physicality in the NBA. I think when I talked to a scout here recently, I think that was kind of the only concern about Wimbin Yama. It's it's not about his game about what he can do on defense, about how he can defend on the perimeter, about how he can create—he can do all of these things at his size, which is amazing. That's why we're talking about Victor Wembanyama right now, um, leading up to the NBA draft, because people are so excited about him. He's the clear number one in this class, but I, I think probably the the strength—can he hold up? Is he durable enough to withstand, you know, the the beating of an NBA season? And He's coming off a of season. He's still playing, by the way, but he's playing for Mets 92 right now overseas in France in a league in the pro A, where he's basically playing once a week. So he's going to have to deal with a pretty big schedule adjustment on top of that where he's going to play back-to-backs and that's going to be uncomfortable. And I think that the adjustment that he's going to have to have from pro A to NBA is probably a bigger challenge than people are willing to admit but also knowing that like this dude has checked every single box the last few years and there's no reason to be concerned about him. He is fallible. Absolutely. There's definitely some concerns, but there's a reason we're talking about this guy, like in LeBron James level hyperbole because people are really excited about him.
0: He leads, um, LMB pro a the top league in France, which isn't the top league. It's not Euro league, obviously, but, um, his handlers with intention have kind of kept his path uh, specific here. He's averaging 21 and a half points, 10 rebounds, 3.1 blocks per game this season. He's already made seven. You know, as of early May, made 74 threes uh, in uh, in his career at this level. Um, if he is indeed seven <laughs> four, all NBA players seven four taller in the history of the sport have made 72. So think about that. You know, he's someone who's got ridiculous range, uh, really good handles. He has a lot of traits physically that we would see on guys that are no exaggeration, could be 12 to 16 inches shorter than him. Um, but that's just a start. Kyle Boone, lay out why, you know, give more context in terms of why Wembenyama. Because a lot of people listening to this podcast have, have probably seen him, heard him. I don't know how many people checking in on our our draft content have been living the Wemby experience weekly, if not even more intensely than that for the past year or two, what else is it about him that has the NBA and you know all the people surrounding that league and in basketball circles so enamored with him? Aside from he's super tall, he's got a three-point shot, he's got a good handle, what are the other facets and, and abilities that he possesses and the rarity of those that ha- that has him being on the short list of the most anticipated number one picks we've seen in the history of the NBA draft
1: yeah I actually posed this uh, I talked to a scout here earlier this month and I posed this same question to him and you know when you watch him play the the size the skill the combo of his movement like duh he's seven foot four five whatever is most exciting because the way that he moves, the the skill that he has at his size, it's just like, it's unicorn. It's like an alien. That's what LeBron James called it. He's like an alien. This is guy has never really, we've never really seen anything like this. The scout told me basically like, kind of went into the nitty gritty because I com- tried to compare him to Chet Holmgren and it's basically it's like, no, man, like the details of his game and his body are really what stands out. He talked about like how he moved his hips, how he twists, how he turns, how he uses angles, the IQ that he's able to use to set up defenders when he's taking people off the dribble. Like all of these things that they're they're clearly important and they're part of the basketball, but it's not something that just immediately jumps off the page to you when you're watching Victor Wim and Yama. You see the size, you see the skill, you see that he's seven foot four and he's taking people off the dribble. And he's blocking shots at an elite level. Like he's doing all these things that you would expect someone at his size to do. But the the fluidity with which he moves—it's kind of like the almost like cliche scout talk. Everything that people have been watching and scouting players over the years uh, talk about—they kind of rave about with Wim and Yama Just because the way this dude moves is just is just totally different.
0: Kevin Durant was quoted saying recently, quote, the league's really in trouble when he comes in. End quote. Uh, how about this quote from Giannis, who and Durant and Antetokounmpo are probably the two players from a skill set and potential standpoint that Wembenyama has been attached to most, I would think. Yeah. Uh, Giannis said, quote, he's incredible. I believe in 2045, everyone is going to look like Victor. His skills, the way he can shoot the ball, the way he can move—he's extremely fast for his size. He can block shots. He can be a threat on the defensive end. He's unbelievable. End quote. If we do have an NBA in twenty forty-five, where you know even twenty-five percent of the league represents <laughs> Victor Wembanyama, uh, then he will be absolutely the most. He he will make Steph Curry's influence look pedestrian. If that winds up, you know, he has hit the genetic lottery. There's no doubt about that. Um, and we'll see. Like he's. He has caught the attention of everyone, and it is going to be fascinating. And by the way, with intention, we are doing this episode on Wembenyama before we know which team's going to win the lottery. Because let's just talk about him and his pro- you know his prospects overall without spe- attaching a specific team to him. Because. There will be no doubt that the team that gets him. I mean, goodness gracious, that front office, uh, you know, they are deserving of an all-time rager the night that that happens. With that in mind, Kyle Boone, if you have these dates up in front of you, remind our, our listeners, when does, where are we on the calendar here? When is the, when is the G League Combine? When is the actual Combine? When is the draft lottery? What is our calendar of events here as this episode is obviously published on Wednesday,
1: May 10th? Yeah, it's coming up. This coming weekend is when things really kick off. So Saturday the 13th, May 13th, is when the G League Elite Camp begins. That runs through Sunday, May 14th. That is Mother's Day, FYI, out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So the G League Elite Camp will be two days. That is basically a play-in for the Combine. So the top prospects identified at the G League Elite Camp will earn invitations to the Combine. Um, The Combine starts on Monday, May 15th. It runs through the 21st.
0: Wembenyama will not be there as a reminder.
1: And Wembenyama will not be there. Um, Some of the other top prospects are expected to be in attendance, including Scoot Henderson, who I think is the number two in this class. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's basically a week full of events. They'll have measurements they will do five on five work they'll do agility drills uh these players will be available to the media which is exciting uh should be on thursday friday of next week when they have media availability so it's a busy week they try to pack everything in and oh by the way tuesday may 16th nba draft lottery happening in chicago so should be really interesting
0: Right. We are less than a week out from the draft lottery. And that will be a highly anticipated event just to watch and see what happens. Uh, by the way, the NBA draft is Thursday, June 22nd. We got plenty more to talk about with Victor Weminyama and we will after the break, including how many guys in the NBA are actually tradable or or not tradable right now for Victor Weminyama and what will success mean for him over the course of his career? There's a lot of very fascinating aspects to, uh, to Wembenyama as a prospect now, and then how he projects out 5, 10, 15 years from now. We're going to get into that right after this.
1: From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band YouTube. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.
0: Mayor of Kingstown, new season, streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, KB. Let's let's talk about the competition Wembenyama's faced since he say has been 16. You referenced it earlier in the in the pod. Um can you give me a little bit and the listeners a little bit more uh Of your perspective on that, you know, he's been amazing. We've seen him and even people that have been evaluating him for three, four years now, they project him to be, you know, a a future Hall of Famer if everything goes right and he, uh, he avoids injury. But for the team that wins the lottery and drafts him first in June, when he is playing in November, December and January, uh, how big of a leap, like, do you expect him to hit some sort of wall as a, as a rookie? How good has this competition that he's gone up against been?
1: Yeah, I I do expect that he will probably have some struggles. As I mentioned earlier, he's basically only playing once a week in the pro a right now with Mets 92. So the 82 game schedule of the NBA, I think will be an adjustment. That being said, the competition he's faced is is really good. He actually made his pro debut at 15 years old, wild enough, with, with Nanterre, uh, where he's originally from. Uh, he was the second youngest player to appear in the Euro Cup. Now, in 2020, 2021, he played in the Pro-A, which is where he's playing now. It's the top professional league in France. Kind of a rotation player, always flashed. Uh, you know, he's always been just like crazy tall with all these different physical tools, which is really impressive. Played in the Pro A last year with Asvel, was injured for most of last season, which was pretty unfortunate, but has clearly been, you know, the last few years, uh, an obvious top pick candidate. Uh, and then this season, obviously, has completely taken off, leading uh, the Pro A in scoring, rebounding, block shots. He's going to be the MVP of that league. He was the All Star game MVP. He's been very, very productive. And had a couple of exhibition games earlier the season against G League Ignite and Scoot Henderson, of course, and scored 73 combined points in two games in Las Vegas and set the world on fire. So, uh, the competition that he's faced is is pretty good. It's it's hard to comp it to like what he would face in college basketball, but um, he's playing professionally and has been doing so for four years now, and he's doing it right now at. Uh, probably the highest level in his league, so uh, there's there's going to be a challenge, I think, for him. Obviously, going from you know playing once or twice a week to playing multiple games during the week during the NBA schedule, but um, I think he'll handle it just fine, just like he's handled the last few years.
0: When he gets picked number one, he'll become the second European-born player to go number one overall in the NBA draft. Trivia time. The other is okay.
1: Number one overall.
0: Number one overall, only one other European-born player has ever gone number one overall. It happened in the aughts. Mm. Player was from Italy. From Italy. Famously or infamously remembered as something of a bust, obviously.
1: It's not Darko Milicic.
0: It's not. He was not one. He was two. He was two, two, right? Yeah. He was Mm. two. Andrea Bargnani to the Raptors and O S. There it is.
1: There it is. Yep.
0: Andrea Bargnani. By the way, mm. uh, the teams with the best percentage to win the number one overall pick: fourteen uh, percent apiece for the Rockets, Pistons, and Spurs. Not as Hornets are at twelve point five percent. If they actually win this, I fear we might not have him available to produce a podcast for a minimum of six weeks. Trailblazers are in fifth at 10.5%. All of the teams behind are in the single digits. We will wait and see on that. How about this? Right now, if you give a team, any team in the NBA, uh, the option, you get Wemby. Okay, you get Wemby, but you got to give away your best player. Who's not tradable? Giannis is one of them, I think. Yeah, Is Embiid <laughs> even on that list? And Nada, you can hop in here too because Nada is the NBA aficionado of the, of the pod without a doubt. I'm genuinely curious on this. Cause when you watch wembanyama and you see what he's capable of, and I'm actually, I'm pretty open and reluctantly. So, but I'm open to this idea that like this dude's super tall. He's lanky. He's going to put on some muscle. We have never seen a prospect like him at this level, but he's a big, and there should be some sort of concern. Now they've done everything possible to try and set him up for success. But I don't know if it, you know Chet Holmgren hasn't even played a game. They're not exact kind of you know identical players. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm super fascinated because he does stuff on the floor where you're like, what in the damn hell, man? What <laughs> is this? What am I watching? All right, if we really want to get down to brass tacks, when you there are no shortage of videos you can find on YouTube of Victor Weminyama. And, and when you are seeing what you're doing, what he's doing. You literally say to yourself, I've never seen someone this young ever do this before that looks like this. Never before. That's why he's got the NBA turned upside down. So with that in mind, Boone you first and not to hop in here. Who's not tra- who's who's off the who's untouchable right now for Victor Wembanyama? Who? Mm. Mm. I think Giannis has to be one of them. I, think, yeah. I, I don't think Milwaukee would say we are giving up Giannis. Give us Wemby. So he's one. Is the list even five deep? Who else would would be on that list for you, KB? I'd I'd say LeBron is probably. I do so. Are you? T- you think so? You tell the Lakers tonight after the season, you can g- you give up LeBron, you get Wemby, or you keep LeBron. I think they're taking Wembenyama, hundred
1: percent. You would okay. So you would probably do that trade. However, if you're the Lakers and you're trying to set up a system where you're trying to s- Treat your stars with the utmost respect. They give Kobe Bryant this mega deal late in his career. Basically was an overpay. Whatever. It's like a good gesture. We love you. We want to keep you here. We want you to retire here. If you're kicking LeBron James out.
0: Uh, he's not a lifelong it, legger uh, That doesn't matter. They're they're kicking LeBron out. Who else we got?
1: I think Giannis is on there.
0: Yep. Are any so, of the other guys in the MVP conversation? Is Embiid on that list? Is Jokic on that list? Cuz I don't think so.
1: No, I th- I think I think Curry's on the list for the same reason I just I mentioned could see Curry. On. I could yeah. see Curry. Yeah. That's probably it. Like A lot of just here. Oh, the list is deeper than you think for me. Mm. Yeah. Lay it out mm. for us. I would probably put Embiid on there.
0: Why? Luka Doncic is on there. Luka's on. I think Luca's on there. Are we positive Luca is on there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think for what he does, like, I love Wembenyama. I really, really do. He is unproven. I am wanna- also the person that, like, there's a lot of this Wembenyama stuff that just we have to hope the body holds up. Now, if yes. you're telling me every he, he, we get 15 years of really, really good health from Wembenyama, then yeah, the list shrinks. But for me, I might throw a Jason Tatum in there too like the list the, the list is deeper for me than than normally because i don't trust the like the kinetics of of uh, victor Wembanyama
0: just yet sounds I, like I, you hate victor wembernyama and he he doesn't hate but i'm 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 with nada <laughs> on this i don't don't know if i trust the kinetics just yet um is an interesting one yeah lucas interesting I don't think. I think if you gave the Sixers front office true serum and said you keep Embiid or you get Wembenyama, and the idea is that you get Wembenyama and then, like theoretically, like you have him for his whole career, they're taking they're taking Wembenyama, right? I, I I understand he just won the MVP. I get all that. I, I,
1: MB, Are you taking uh, John Morant
0: over no, Victor no, Wembanyama? No no. no, no shot. Not right now. No, no, but it will be interesting to look up in even four years from now and see how this story goes. Because we, not just we, everyone talked about the one thing that's going to hold and they're different players, but Zion Williamson was the last prospect that was talked about on this kind of level. And there was a plenty of concern about the body, the wear and tear, his style of play. You look up, I don't have the exact percentage, but it feels like Zion Williamson has played 35% of the games that have been available to him since he got into the league. I'm not saying that'll be the case with Wembenyama. I don't think it will, but I am curious to see how he holds up. With that in mind, Kyle Boone, what is success for Victor Wembenyama? Big picture. Is it winning a championship? Is it, does he have to win at least two? Does he have to make at least five all-star games? Does he have to start 800 or more games in his career? I think that's probably, with the amount of hype that's attached to him, I mean, 800 is a ton, but it's it's not. I mean, you look up how many guys started more than 800 games in their career. I think he needs to get there. Does he need to finish top three in an MVP race at least twice? What are the baseline averages that w- that should be the target for his entire career, not his rookie season for his entire career? Is it 2010 and two, 2010 and two and a half? Is anything less than that a disappointment? I'm wondering what you think the expectations should be, and I put up this, this hypothetical scenario to you overall. Let's say Wembenyama drafted in 2023, and then he's out of the NBA by 30, 2035. That's a dozen years, okay? We'll just strike, strike that. That's a long career, but not exceedingly long. It's not exceedingly short. Let's say he never wins a title, yep. makes six All-Star games in 12 years, which, by the way, is an incredible career. <laughs> Let's say he starts 80% of the games he could have played. 80%, four out of five. Let's say he averages 22 points, nine rebounds, 2.2 blocks. In that scenario I just laid out, as a number one overall pick, and this number one overall pick, would Victor Wembanyama have met the hype in that scenario? I think it'd be a tad disappointing. Because um, what I just laid out to mm, you, yeah, I don't think it's a Hall of Fame
1: career. A good career, for sure.
0: good career, but it's not a Hall of Fame career,
1: yeah. Carl Anthony Towns was the number one pick in 2015. He's made three all-star games just recently turned 27. Uh, Here's who has six all-star game appearances or more just kind of for reference. Dwight Howard has eight. Chris Bosh has 11. Rick Barry, eight. Vince Carter, eight. Joe Johnson, seven.
0: Not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Joe Johnson, not a Hall of Famer. DeMar DeRozan,
1: six. That thing
0: you are. Yeah. DeRozan, not a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. I want to offer you this like super hot take, first okay. take style. Like, he's a scrub if he doesn't get five MVPs and won ten ranks. That's my Max <laughs> Keller, Max Kellerman impression. Uh,
0: he's drifting a little across an ocean there, but okay, go ahead.
1: But I do want to be careful about setting expectations here mm-hmm. because he did just turn 19 years old. Over and over again, we see hype players not meet lofty expectations yes. and, and yes. still have great careers or yes. they have great careers and they don't win titles because we you hype them team. up. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like because we hype them up, we live in kind of like a ring culture, which is kind of annoying. I think it sets an unfair expectation for players before they step for in the, in the NBA. Um, that said, I don't want to be dramatic but I think if he has a full career of health, I think he at minimum wins defensive player of the year three times. Ooh, okay. There we go. That would be success to me. Rudy Gobert has won defensive player of the year three times. I would... Yeah, like there's not even a debate. Victor uh-huh. Wembanyama is clearly a better player, better prospect, better defensive prospect mm-hmm. than Rudy Gobert is. Um, so, I mean, if he's playing 80% of his games, oh my gosh, like... If he plays 10 seasons, I think he's he's an all-star like nine seasons probably. So I think the floor is very high for him, but the ceiling is like through the roof, as MJ would say. What did he say? Through the roof? The ceiling, ceiling is the roof? roof. Yeah. Is- the ceiling is the roof. And uh, that's how I feel about women, Yama. Like there's a very high floor. He's going to be a good NBA player so long as he is healthy. But his... Ceiling outcome is so LOL level high yes. that that is, that is where the excitement comes from. And that's where the expectations come from. And, and fair or not, I think it's fair to acknowledge them. But I don't want to be a part of like the, oh, if this dude doesn't win five MVPs by 28 years old, like total bust. I don't have like any crazy hot takes about that.
0: When we talk ceiling... Let's uh, let's just put it out here. When we talk ceiling, and when you talk to NBA evaluators, and when they look at him and they say, if he hits, if this guy hits to the maximum of his potential, yeah. dodges injury, becomes the ultimate space the floor big, gets is is. A, you know, top three defender in the league, one of the best scorers in the league, great distributor, great handles, everything hits, everything hits, and it's a long career, then you're talking about one of the 10 best players in the history of the NBA. That's what we are talking about with Victor Wembenyama. There is such a long road to get to that point, but it is something on the table. And on some level, it is what is attached to him as such a highly rated prospect. With that in mind, a piece of data for you. Hmm. I think he's, I think Wemby's like probably 7'4 in shoes. All right. Most games played by guys 7'4 taller in the history of the NBA. I said, these are games played, not started. Mark Eaton has the most, 875. Loved Mark Eaton. Rest in peace. Rick Smits, 867. Sean Bradley, rest in peace, 832. Manute Bull, 624. Yao Ming, 48. Yao Ming played 486 games. Man, (laughs) Ralph Sampson, 456, and then Boban Marjanovic is at 317. So when you get to that level height, now that was a different NBA with all of those guys, um, lasting an exceedingly long time at that height, and the NBA is still extremely physical. It's just something to keep in mind. But and Gavoni's done some really good work. Uh, Jeremy Wu wrote a really good story. Um, Both those guys do a great job covering the draft. In addition to our own KB, you see how uh, responsibly, but not you know, sycophantically—if that's not even a word—that they've they've kind of his his people have helped him on this road. A player that I would toss out to you that would be like if he reaches this level. All right, how about this? Plays 1,076 career games. Averages 91 points, 8.1 rebounds, 2 assists. Shoots 49.3% from the field. You know, is a, is a starting level player. Uh, 997 out of 1,076 game starts. All right. any Take a guess on what NBA big I'm referring to here. Played in this century. I don't know Chris if he's going to no, not not Porzingis. Okay. But he's a big, he's no doubt about it. He's a power forward or a center depending on how you want to look at him.
1: Mm. Christian Wood. No.
0: <laughs> this guy might be at the top of the hall of very, very good. LaMarcus Aldridge.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: You know, if if Victor has a LaMarcus Aldridge career, I don't think that's a failure on the, on the on the end of it. But yeah. for some, it might be viewed as that. But Marcus Aldridge was a really, really, good, really good player for a really long time. Like super consistent, average double figure scoring every year except his, his rookie season when he averaged nine a game, and consistently averaged north of twenty for you know a nine out of a ten year stretch there. So well, and they're different players, but just in terms of being a big, having an impact, we'll see. Aldridge started his career at Portland, and then he was uh, he had some impact there with the Spurs. Made the All Star Game seven t- seven times in his career. We'll wait and see on that. Any uh, this is by far going to be our longest prospect episode. We're going more than thirty minutes. Closing thoughts, impressions. What else do people need to know? Should they know about Wembenyama before he becomes as we as we will expect him to be, KB, one of the yep. seven to ten most talked about NBA players going forward. You know, barring again knock on one, we don't want this to have barring an injury that which would take him out of the uh, the news cycle.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of really good information articles out there that you could read on Weminyama, so I won't uh, just regurgitate what has already been written, but there's an ESPN article out there. I believe it was from Brian Winhorst and Jonathan Gavoni was. And it talked a little bit about the ins and outs of how he's preparing for the NBA draft. And to me, I thought that was kind of the most illuminating article that I read uh, so far during his kind of like pre-draft process. Uh, they talked about like his team and how they prioritize sleep. His agent wants him to get 11 hours of sleep per night, which sounds oh, absolutely heavenly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about someone who does not have kids. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> they record his sleep patterns daily, which I think is really interesting. They they prioritize naps in the afternoon in between training, in between games. Uh, so that all I think was kind of like behind the scenes how he's preparing, I think, is really interesting because when you're an international star, the way that Victor Wembanyama is right now, mm-hmm. um, I you know, I, I think you could easily overlook some of the granular things as you prepare for the NBA draft. He's doing like big toe workouts. I was on the call today for the NBA's live stream of his game today against Nanterre. And before the game, he's like on the sideline, barefoot bear crawling across the baseline. And it's just like, this dude is so nimble at seven foot four. It's just like hilarious to watch, but he's like crawling on his, basically like his fingertips and his toes. And that's just like, he does these like out of the box, weird preparation things. Like he's, he studied pistol Pete when he was little. Like he's, he's kind of like a seven foot four guard. Like he's trapped in a center's body and he can do a ton of center things, but just so much about him is super fascinating that uh, I I just am enamored with him. He has size 21 shoes. Um, Yeah, just like just one of the most rare, like I know you hate when people use the word unique because it truly means like. Well, he is two.
0: unique, though. He is unique. unique. That's not that's yeah. that's 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 false. That's a fault. That's erroneous. He's just unique yes. and he is unique. Yes,
1: there you go. So yeah, there's, there's a ton of articles out there that you can read. ESPN did a feature story on YouTube that, uh, that published earlier this week that I thought was pretty interesting, like a 10 minute feature. So we'll check that out. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this is, this has been a really fun pre-draft process for, for women. You there's a lot of hype and, um, I think rightfully so I'm really excited to see where he's going to land.
0: Yeah. The hype sucks up all of the, uh, the lack of suspense and drama. Cause there is none. And, um, uh... I yeah. like drafts and we don't really know. Like last year was an example of that. We didn't know. Paulo Banqueiro wasn't the number one pick until, you know, it didn't become known until literally minutes before. Wembenyama yeah. has been the presumed number one pick well over a year, really for about two years at this point. Kyle Boone has done a great job documenting uh, that for us at CBS Sports. And continue to read Boone's NBA draft coverage at cbsports.com on your CBS Sports app. Our lead foremost NBA draft expert for us at CBS Sports. KB, thanks for joining. We'll have you back on. Another prospect episode soon. We appreciate everyone for watching and tuning in. We will have one on Scoot Henderson coming up soon. Here, he is the likely number two pick in this year's draft. Also, did not go to college. We will have no shortage of some uh, some resets and recaps and you know profiles of uh, of a number of college players because once you get outside those two, and, you know we'll get to the Thompson Twins as well. But in the top fifteen overall, it should be 10, 11 college guys that are getting drafted there. So we'll uh, we'll cover a bunch of them. Draft Lottery, less than a week away. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you again real soon on the channel. Thank you so much.